Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome three current players and the head coach from Christopher Newport University women's soccer team. Maddie Vincent, Sarah Smith, and Hannah Heaton all transferred from Division I programs to find a home at CNU. Coach Jamie Gunderson joins his players and they recap their recruiting experiences along with the start of their collegiate careers and ultimately how they ended up at CNU. Thank you for sharing and subscribing to the podcast and helping it grow. Please keep sending questions and comments. I enjoy the feedback and always get your questions answered by my guests. Don't forget to check out Match Play on social media as well. Today we got uh, Maddie Vincent. Um, she is a fifth-year grad student at Christopher Newport University, and she transferred from James Madison University um, for her grad year. And then we also have uh, Hannah Heaton, who is a year fifth year, right? You transferred as are you not sophomore? I'm a senior. Are you just a, you're a senior, not a fifth year? My bet. That's right. I'm a senior, but yeah. Man, I should have let you guys just introduce yourself. <laughs> I already screwed it up so bad. Um, <laughs> I was going to let you. I was going to just let you go and let it fly and see what happens. I mean, they, so both of them are at Christopher Newport, and both of them transferred from other schools. How about that? Um, yeah. Which is what makes this, you know, beyond your your normal story, makes it more interesting because you transferred from, uh, I don't know, D one schools. So. Um, Hannah, you were at UNC Wilmington, and like I said, Maddie, you're at JMU. So, um, you two like talk about your experiences. Um, you're sitting there in the room together. Um, you know, you're you guys are buds, and it's cool that you're back together to play in one spot again. And uh, I'm sure Jamie is ecstatic to have you guys there. Um, so, you know, Maddie, maybe you can kind of kick it off and you know, talk about what your youth soccer experience was and how you landed at JMU, you know, so for our audience, like think about like your recruiting process and the conversations that you had and, um, you know, how you ended up where you, where you ended up. Okay. So, um, I came from a small town, Smithfield, um, a little south of Williamsburg. I, about seventh, eighth grade, I went out and tried for Legacy. And at the time, they actually did not have my age group, and it was before the year split. That's all it was. So, I uh, tried out and then got a call that I could play for Legacy if I played up. So... Mm -hmm. From seventh grade, I think, until I was a junior in high school, I played for Legacy. Um, and it was actually super challenging for me to get recruited. Um, I, like I said, came from a small town and not many people got the chance to play college sports, if not the D1 level. And that was always a goal of mine. And so I went to a thousand ID camps everywhere, all along the East Coast. Um, didn't really have a dream school ever. I just wanted to play D1 soccer and I wanted to be good at soccer. And so my sophomore year, I went to about two JMU ID camps in the same year. And by my second one, they had reached out to me yeah. and they were interested. <laughs> and um, they invited me to come on a visit. So going into my junior year, I uh, went on a visit with JMU and we sat down and I spent the whole day with them. And they kind of told me that if I wanted a chance of winning a scholarship, I needed to up my game. And coming from a small town, there wasn't many PCNL options. And that's kind of what they were implying, you know, to step up my game. When I was a junior, my legacy team were all graduates at the time so they were going on to play college soccer and I kind of was like the lone ranger um didn't commit when they committed because they were about two years older than me so I then tried out for Richmond United my junior year of high school and ended up making that team and I think 
my preseason of Richmond United, JMU kind of locked down and was like, here's our offer. And one thing led to another, and I ended up committing there uh, middle of my junior year. Um, and then finished out with Richmond United and JMU. And then I got to JMU, and it was COVID my freshman year, so that was really challenging. So um, I got that year back, which is why I'm a senior with two seasons left. And I stayed there until my junior year. Um, and once I finished that season, I realized I was happy where I was at and entered the portal. And I think two days of being in the portal, Jamie and I called each other and yeah, that was it. <laughs> there you are. Yeah, yeah. We, we also had a previous relationship, Maddie and I. Did, yeah. So, that, so that anyone on this call, I think I've known since middle school, even Sarah. Um, she was someone I looked up to for a while. She went through Legacy as well. And then Hannah's younger than me, and our time intertwined a little bit. And she went to Legacy in Richmond as well. So we stayed in touch. Um, all of us have all the same friends, which is so cool, considering I think we're like, what, six years apart? Mm -hmm. And Jamie and I have known each other since way before when. Yeah. You came to youth camps all the time and stuff. Yeah, I still have my so. t-shirts all over my social media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like seeing you in my backyard. So like I said, um, they were always on my radar, but I had big aspirations as a junior in high school. And yeah. Yeah, I think every player who thinks they want to play after club and after high school, it, it, their mindset is always, I want to go D1. You know, it, it, they're not not many of the players that I knew that were around me in my environment wanted anything but Division One soccer. Yeah. Right. So Hannah, give us your story as well. Um, you know, how did you end up at, at Wilmington, and what led you there? So, I grew up in Lawson, Virginia, which is a super small town, like one main road through the whole to through the whole county um there were no like soccer clubs like legacy in, in my county or in my town did you have to did you have to ride your horse to practice <laughs> yeah. so, the horse wouldn't go that far i wish that would have been super cool but no um so they had start they had this local club in gloucester called bay stars and it was very small, um, no, no, no girls teams. So actually, I grew up playing on a boys team for Gloucester Bay Stars, and did that all the way until middle school was pro like sixth grade was the year my parents were like, you can't play with boys anymore. Um, and so then I moved to Legacy. Um, I enjoyed my time there. Uh, my team was very competitive. We won a lot of games. And um, then middle of um, middle school, like seventh grade-ish, uh, like the college soccer came into the talk. And I obviously wanted to play after high school. I wanted to play after club. Um, definitely wanted to play college soccer. So – and I had a lot of conversations like with parents and older players um, who had kind of been through certain situations. Um, and they were saying like, you know, CCL is not going to get you seen um, by the colleges you might want to go to. So I had to make that switch to the ECNL. And um, so that's when I became a Richmond United player. And I mean, as soon as I went ECNL, it was like we were going to college showcases. We were going, I was getting emails from college coaches. Like it was a frequent talk with me and my head coach about what my future would look like as a, as a college soccer player. So I think making that switch from CCL to ECNL was important for, for my um, situation. Um, and then I didn't do 
very many like ID camps at colleges. I did do a couple and the ones I went to, I was either able to say like, no, I definitely don't want to go here or yes, like this place is super cool. I loved the ID camp that I went to. I enjoyed the soccer. I enjoyed the coaches. You know, the campus is cool too. Um, But so How'd you fucking just go? Yeah. So, okay. So, um, uh, no, UNC, so I was in like eighth grade year now and, um, I was having conversations with, uh, like USC, University of South Carolina. And I thought for sure I was going there. I was like, the, the coaches were talking to me and telling me great things about how they like me as a player. And we were seeing each other at um, the showcases events for ECNL. And I thought I was going there. And then we had that thing for my age group where it was like you couldn't talk to coaches anymore until junior year of some month of junior. I don't even remember the deadline, but it's like you couldn't talk to them until you hit this day. Right. June of some of 11th grade year. Yeah. Um. So the 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 talking kind of stopped like about if I was going to go there and how much money and blah 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 scholarship stuff like that until that that time period and when that day hit um that was the day like you know everybody got all their emails from their schools who was like interested in you and so that day I remember sitting at my computer and I did get a couple of emails. I was expecting a lot more emails than I got that day. But, um, and a lot of them were from schools that were way far away, like across country or Division Three or Division Two schools that I had never heard of. So um, it wasn't the experience I was looking for. Um, and then things kind of kept going on and, you know, just keep emailing these schools at showcases. And um, Mika was my head coach. Mika Oliveira was my head coach at Richmond United near the end of my time. So, and he actually was the one that brought up UNCW. He was like, I have a history there. I played, I coached there, and I've been talking. Their 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 head coach has been talking to me about you. I think you should reach out. And that was at practice one evening. So I think, like, the next day I reached out and um, said, like, you know, I'm interested in playing here. And he emailed me back immediately and was like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. And um, I had had – conversations with school prior to this of like U of R and USC and Tennessee but nothing had really come to the point where we were on the phone about scholarship and for me to play division one soccer I had to be on a scholarship I mean my parents did not have a ton of money just sitting in the corner for me for my for my college so I, I had I had to wait for a school to offer me some sort of money and then I kind of got to this point in my junior year where I hadn't been offered what I was wanting and um, I was kind of like oh my gosh what what am I gonna do like it, it's not coming I feel like I should be committed now because a lot of the players on my team were committing and I was like, I feel like I'm good enough to have a spot already on a team and be committed, but it hadn't happened yet. And then that's when at practice, Mika told me about UNCW and I reached out to them and it was like a week long period of just conversation. And then it was like, they had offered me what I wanted. And immediately I kind of only thought about that all the time. And I was like, okay, I'll take it you know, I'm going to commit. I actually had that thought in my mind before I had even gone to campus, before I had even like felt the environment of the players, of the coaches, of of 
the campus. Like I had talked to the head coach and the other coaches like over the phone and through Zoom, but and met and said hello at like ID showcases or whatever. Um, yeah, but I I thought like I was going there, but just based on what they had offered me, and so I did. And I was really excited about it. I mean, I thought, like, this is going to be a great season and everything. But it turns out it wasn't. Um, I had a, it was, it was in Wilmington. So it was four and a half hours away from home. And I am a homebody. So I did miss my home. Um, I miss home cooked meals. So um, I decided my journey at Wilmington had to end. And so, I entered the transfer portal. I sent an email to like somebody in athletics at UNCW and boom, I was in the portal. And I um, had gotten a couple of emails from schools. And um, then once I entered, this one texted me and was like, hey, I saw you were in the portal. Like I had a call with Jamie. He told me or something like that. And um I was like, oh, that's cool. Because, you know, I wanted to go home. I wanted to go close to home. I wanted to be in an atmosphere that was like a winning atmosphere. Um, And so literally, like, I got on the phone with Jamie. We talked. We were excited to, like, get together and, like, commit. And I had a phone call with like another school, but I knew in my head I was going to CNU. So like literally two days is all it took for me to say, I'm ready to come to CNU. Jamie on the spot, man. <laughs> no, I, uh, I knew, I knew Hannah from legacy days. So like when she yeah. was, came over from Bay stars, um, I had the team younger than hers. And sometimes we would scrimmage and stuff like that. Her team would whoop up on my team by by a lot. <laughs> really good learning stuff for my kids at that time. But I knew who she was. And um, I watched her Richmond United team a ton because a couple of her teammates have now, they committed to us rather immediately kind of thing. So I knew exactly who Hannah was. And then I think one of her teammates on the team messaged me and said Hannah was in the portal kind of thing and then that's kind of how this all kind of transpired intertwined Maddie in it too because Maddie was then looking to transfer as well so um kind of in the works kind of thing is it's like hey like Hannah might be coming or might be interested so it was kind of it's kind of cool how this all kind of transpired um and just really excited to have them both here and um have them come back home to be fair too um, that way they can be, play in front of their families all the time and if they need to go home. Because um, that's something big about our team culture, too, is, is the family environment. And um, something I'm really passionate about, too, is just the family stuff, too. Um, so I'm happy for those two and glad they found a place they really enjoy. Yeah, I like to think that fate sometimes, like I said, my freshman year is COVID, and I think – Almost any college athlete, especially their freshman year, COVID was just like so hard. I mean, I reported there June, so I graduated on a Friday, virtually graduated, went to JMU the next day, quarantined for 14 days, all alone in a dorm room in a brick wall cell. And on the 15th day, they're like, go home. Like, our season's canceled. Um, reported back four weeks later. And we couldn't pass the ball to a teammate because we thought that would spread COVID. And it was just, it was awful. And it was extremely painful to like come into an environment you already were so uncertain of. And now everything, every day to day was uncertain. Um, we trained like 20 hour weeks still just in the hopes of having a season. So, I mean, we all know how it goes to enter squad and doing that for three months. You know, it's just really hard. And um, something in the back of my mind, transferring was always an option since I was a freshman. Um, I loved my time at JMU. I was heavily involved outside of my soccer team. And so that kept me grounded and it was also a really cool experience. Um, my sophomore year, I played and traveled. So it wasn't really, it was still in the back of my mind. Like, what if I wanted more than what I was getting? Um, but like I said, this was something I dreamed about since forever and so 
I didn't really know the pros and cons at the time, but once my junior year hit, which was technically just my second season, um, I realized with the time I had left that if I'm not going to plan on going pro, like we all dream about when we're in sixth grade, like let's be a little bit more realistic and how happy am I really? And so we got back from our conference tournament and I woke up and I literally was like, I'm going to enter the portal and this is what I'm going to do. Um, never paid it much thought. Like I said, in the back of my mind, but so far back there, like didn't think about it again. And I think the second day I was in it, I heard Hannah was in it and I was just like, how crazy. And I also knew she had a stellar season and it just goes to prove like, I don't know. We both love soccer so much. We still wanted more. Yeah. And I'm happy Jamie was still there and Sarah is still there. And I called and texted Sarah right away. And I think because Sarah and I stayed in contact too, which also I think really helped. I think she knew I still struggled after sophomore year. I was one of the few people that I actually vocalized, like, is it really worth it? Because I knew like what she went through and her process of leaving. And that helped shine a light, obviously. And so that she's back for her last season while we're here, I also think is really super cool. Um, Sarah, you want to tell us your story? So we also have Sarah Smith here. These are all going to be like the same. Like in a, uh, in a dark room there for a second. It's motion censored lights, Sarah. So if you <laughs> sit still, like they don't. They'll just go off. That's not the first time that's happened on this podcast. The uh, Manhattan coach, <laughs> women's coach, if the his like just went out on him during I, the podcast. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Sarah, fill us in. What's, what's up with you? Yeah, so it's since then. But uh, I am from Norfolk, so I was going to like Hampton Road Strikers or something like that for a while. Um and then my high school coach actually played at Virginia Tech. So he was roommates with Bobby O'Brien his freshman year. Um, and when I kind of decided that I wanted to take things up a notch, he talked to Bobby, got me a tryout um, with Sean Trueblood, who's actually the assistant on the men's team here. Um, so I went up there, I think for like two days, maybe just practiced with them. Um, and... I guess, made the team, um, played with them. I guess I tried out in the winter. Um, and really that was my sophomore year. So really like a few months later, um, started getting interest because I was ahead of the time where they, you know, drew that hard line about junior year. Um, went to, or got some interest from Virginia Tech. I'm not sure at what um decided to go to an id camp um you know chugger knew who i was knew that i was bobby's kid that's what they referred to me as and um sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) um committed really shortly after i think i committed in may um so right before my sophomore year it ended it was really fast kind of like hannah said um and i actually knew jamie and dan um at the time and was looking at CNU for sure. I had options, but to me, it was kind of a no-brainer and that that was a crazy cool opportunity. And I think I would even now like be mad at myself if I didn't give it a try and, you know, see what I could do. Um, and I joke with Jamie now, like we could have had so much longer together. Um, we didn't make that decision, but no, they were supportive. Um, so yeah, I went to Tech, um, played my freshman year. I went to a really small high school, so I like really thought that I wanted to go really big and really far away from home, and I'm much more of a homebody than I thought I was. Um, so that was really hard, even with my parents coming to a lot of games, um, a lot of games that I didn't play in, too. Um, but also just playing positions that I don't play, like I played outside back against UVA, um, which don't get me wrong. I'm totally like wherever you want me on the field, wherever I can help, but, um, to some extent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the spring is hard in division one. It's a full season. Um, you know, you have five games, eight hour weeks, whatever, but it's still a full-time job even in the spring. And, um, 
we were lucky enough to go to Costa Rica in May of my freshman year. Um, however, at that point, I think I just missed home so much. And, you know, we got to go home for like three days, whatever. So I think that's when my mental was kind of starting to be like, all right, what am I doing? Because I'm not getting the time that I want. Um, and I'm not a sorority girl. So if I wasn't to be playing soccer here, tech is an incredible school. I loved it. But where would I find my friends? Because everybody that I knew was an athlete and I didn't want to be the only one if I quit. Um, so yeah, very shortly after my name got taken off the roster in the fall of 2019, I guess, um, I think one of my old club teammates told Jamie or told Dan, one of them. I think, yeah, I think so. Or kind? Uh, Actually, no, it was, uh, I think it was Reese was on campus. Maybe. For some some odd reason. So another club kid I coached, she played at Radford. I think she was back home because it, it happened. Sarah's transition from tech to us was really quick. Um, And I guess she told us, I'm like, what is going on? And so then I'll let Sarah fill in the rest from there. Yeah. So at this point, I like really didn't enjoy soccer. Um, I was just burnt out. I so, so let me ask you a quick question. Um, so you were like you reported for preseason in yeah. your sophomore year, like August of your sophomore year or whatever. Yeah. And then by and then like August twenty second or so, I was like, I don't want to do. It. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and also, like, I think in the back of my mind was, like, let me save my eligibility. Like, if I'm not going to play, who knows what could happen. But also, I was like, mm, I'm really done. Um, and I think Jamie and Dan reached out to my dad and was like, can we text her? And he was like, you can if you want, but, like, good luck. And they did. And I politely said, don't waste your time. Um, and then I think in like November, maybe late October, I think it was November. Um, I was so bored and I missed soccer and I felt so unathletic (laughs) and I reached back out to them and was like, okay, but maybe I could just come on a visit and see. And I came and yeah, they were like, how realistic is this? And I was like, it's pretty realistic. And they were like, okay, well then we'd want you to come in the spring, which was a month away. And I was like, you're crazy. Hi, I need to talk to my dad. And then Cheese, the men's coach, was like, well, I was the one that said that. Like, you should come in the spring. Why? What are we waiting for? Like, you don't like it there. Whatever. <laughs> and so Maybe I it's Cheese to be direct. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a lot. And there was yeah. a on the team at the time, Emily Tolado, who's from Northern Virginia, but she played at VCU. So I had her, you know, to kind of – follow and figure out what to do and then molly beagle who went to high school with me is one of my best friends was on the team so it was very comfortable very scary but i like to think that putting yourself out of your comfort zone pays off and i would say that it did here yeah um so for all three of you guys like talk about kind of the feelings that that you were having like did you feel kind of I don't know, like you were losing confidence or like you were, you just, or was it just like an uncomfortable place to be or like, uh, and maybe they're all, you guys had all different feelings. And fortunately for Jamie, you guys all ended up in one spot, but um, like what was kind of the underlying feelings that, that drove you to these decisions? Anybody go? I think for me, it took like losing all of my confidence to like realize this wasn't the best fit for me. Um, I think one of the hard realizations, especially when you go D1, but I mean, any division at the end of the day, you're a superstar in your town. I mean, we all came from schools where we knew everyone, everyone knew us. We could be athletic in any sport and be very good. And you go to this roster of 32 girls and they are all superstars in their town. And, like, nothing really ever prepares you for that moment. I mean, all three of us are examples of we wanted to up our game. We did. We started. We played. And we got that opportunity, which, at the end of the day, how many high schoolers get to go D1? I think, like, less than 2%. Like, and it's so hard to be, like, see the bigger picture and remind ourselves that that is 
an honor in itself that we were we were that good. And like I said, my freshman year was hard and um that really set the tone, I feel like. I would love to see what the freshman class of twenty twenty does after our eligibility is gone and like how many people did end up staying because when you go to this new environment, it's all about confidence, like on a whole new scale. Like when you're doing club, you're seeing these girls every day. Your bond is with them for, we played with the same girls for like five years. We all knew each other and we're all different age groups. Like the soccer world is honestly so small. So when you go to this environment and you're not the superstar anymore, not playing and you're not meeting these expectations you thought that you would be, I think that takes a big hit. Um, So after my junior year, I actually wasn't traveling to conference games. And like I said, my sophomore year, and that wasn't a question. And so that realization was hard. And I think for me, it took having like nothing left to lose to like have the opportunity and courage to like almost do it. And kind of telling myself that like, kind of telling myself that um, if this is how I feel now, like it can really only get better from here. And I think as a junior in college, I knew what I wanted more than I did when I was a sophomore in high school. And so, like I said, I mean, we were all in the pool not long. I mean, Jamie was our first call and I'm super grateful that he still believes in me and installed some confidence back into myself. Um, But I mean, it's not easy. I've been here what almost a year and it's still something I'm working on to this day. Like it's all a process, but at the end of the day, I think it's really important to like, keep in mind the bigger picture that, I mean, we're all here for a reason. Jamie has trust in us. All of our stories are like unique. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, you have anything to add to that? Um, I think my process was a little bit different. Um, I went to Wilmington and my coach did like me. He liked my style of play. I started and I played a huge chunk of minutes in every game. I traveled my freshman year. um, So I felt like, you know, everything was right. I mean, I was doing all the right things. I was getting, I was starting getting minutes, ton of minutes. But in those games, like I'm a soccer player. I like the ball at my feet. I like to build. I like to pass. I like to just dominate teams like with the ball and by scoring but um and at Wilmington that wasn't happening I was standing in the middle of the field watching the ball get kicked back and forth over my head and so for me it came down to um you know I was on the field but I wasn't able to be myself on the field and um that was that was hard for me because like it was I was telling myself I I, I'm I'm doing good I guess because I'm playing and I'm starting but it's like after the game I didn't feel satisfied because I was like what did I touch the ball like twice and I you know I, I I got on the score sheet like but it wasn't often enough I think for my position so um that was what I was dealing with and what I was going through. And when I voiced that to my coach, I didn't get the reaction that I wanted. And I think for me, it came down to my coach was telling me one thing before I got there. And then once I was there and I was telling him how I was feeling, it was like a whole different side of him. And I was like, you know, this is not who I want to play for. Um, I think I can go back to playing soccer the way I want to play soccer and actually help my team somewhere else. So, so, so Hannah, like if you if you were to go back, you know, when you were looking at schools, um, what what did you learn from that process? That like you know the whole if I knew then what I know now. 
Yeah. Like, what would you pass down to, you know, the, the girls that are any, you know, any player, actually, boy or girl, um, that's looking to go play in college? What what should they do to kind of avoid putting themselves in that situation? Right. So when you are having those conversations with colleges before you commit, make sure you're asking the hard questions to those head coaches about when I get there, what do you see me playing? What position do you see me starting as a freshman? Do you see me getting logging a lot of minutes as a freshman? Do you see me being an impactful player? Um, ask the head coach, what is your style of play? Make sure you know before you commit to the school what their style of play is and if your type of soccer mind or if your style of play is matches theirs because that's what went wrong with me is my style of play did not match the style of play of my coaches but he said he still loved the way I play so make sure you have those conversations with that head coach saying I want to play this way does that mesh with the way that you want to play do you see me an impactful player and those kind of conversations not just I want to come here is there any money or are you going to give me scholarship or whatever? I also think we like all learned how like political it can all be. And at the end of the day, if you are at catching yourself on a visit, they're going to appeal and say what makes you feel the yeah. best version of you. So I think looking back, I could have also put that more in perspective. Like, I mean, they're selling to me, but I'm also like so thrilled that I'm here. I was kind of just like on a high the whole time. Like this is so awesome. And kind of got to put on like your blinders and be like look through it and like I mean watch their games ask them the yeah. tough questions like almost make a list going into it like I think there's some red flags you could even look out for like my whole thing back like if a coach truly wants you he's not going to tell you you need to commit by this day or so forth I mean there's all four deadlines but um like not rushing the process I think Hannah and I both looked around and we saw everyone committing and we we're like okay like we're late or whatever and I think everyone's journey is different. And so, um, but asking the tough questions, like seriously go in with questions on a piece of paper and don't be afraid to dominate the room because they're going to be just as lucky to have you as you are to go there. That is so true. And another thing she said that I want to touch on is she said, like, watch their games. You know, I, when I committed to Wilmington, I hadn't watched a single game. I had no, like I had no idea how they played before I went there. All I knew was they won their conference and they got a shiny ring that said we won the conference. But then I went looked back and looked and it was like the games were ended in well they went into they were a tie but then they went into overtime and they got one goal in overtime. So that's why they won the game. And um I I didn't know that. You know, I thought we were just winning games because we were good and blah blah blah. So I think watching their games and watching how the coaches interact with the players and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you also, like, if you'd watched the games, you would have seen them, like, pounding the ball over the top. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and, and that, Jason, that, like, who's in your position? Like, if they're yeah. a freshman in your position, it's not really the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the advice I give to recruits that sit in my office too. I think those questions are great. I think those questions are kind of in the tail end of the process as the coaches maybe seen you a couple times so they can give you specific information. If you ask that right up front on your first phone call, you know, the coach is probably going to give you the answer like, well, we need to see you play more kind of thing. So initial phone calls kind of get to know each other as you start having more lines of communication, then it's probably when you're finally getting to that maybe final moment of maybe an offer or if an offer does come, those are great questions to ask in those moments to really get that specific information of what do you see my career looking like? And, and again, you can tell with kind of the answers from the coaches too. And um, that's where you kind of have to like, maybe dissect and kind of go through it and see what was really truthful and what was just kind of glossed over or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, I don't know if you experienced the same thing as uh, Maddie and Hannah, but 
you know, that, that pressure of your friends are committing and especially with girls, like they commit so early and like, you know, you see three or four of your teammates commit and all of a sudden you're like, am I not as good as them? You know, you kind of start comparing yourself and I'm just wondering if you had those same feelings and, you know, what that did to you as far as I know I got to commit now, you know, um, that kind of thing to whoever, whoever makes the first offer. Yeah, I was pretty early. Um, I think I was the third um, commit for tech for my class and I'm pretty sure the first on my club team. Um, so so I, yeah, I have yeah. experience with that. The one thing I would say is just, unfortunately, fortunately, these people's jobs and at the end of the day they are going to do whatever they have to do to win games and sometimes you get the short end of the stick on that um i while it wasn't the best experience have had enough time to kind of appreciate my time there and um i've learned so much from it especially being able to um play here for two seasons now so um while no, like it wasn't the dream that I had when I, you know, stepped foot on campus, I think it also can teach you so much that a person who is at the same school for four years and with the same program doesn't, um, doesn't get. Right. Um, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was going back a little bit, all three of you lived in places that didn't have, you know, a club that was playing in a, in a, in a prominent, uh, against prominent, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it wasn't ECNL. It wasn't right below ECNL. So you had to travel. Like that's a big, big commitment. And, you know, lots of kids have to make those drives to find the right spot so that they can, um, showcase themselves and that sort of thing. So, you know, what kind of wear and tear did that do on you guys and your families? And, and, uh, would you say it's all worth it at this point? I definitely have to shout out my parents. That's crazy. Looking back, I mean, myself, I drove an hour and 45 minutes, four days a week. My senior year, when I was heavily involved with Richmond, I didn't take a fourth block class so I could leave school and go straight to Richmond. And I think that says a lot in itself. I mean, I was high school. Um, honestly, I have a couple different perspectives. Um, the Even legacy was an hour from me. So... I think it's a little bit different for me because, I mean, I have to drive 30 minutes to get to the interstate. So, like, if you put that in perspective, I'm like, okay, it kind of makes sense. Um, but, I mean, nowadays, all the Virginia Beach girls going to Richmond, the question is like, oh, so your parents are like a stay-at-home mom. Like, that's how you get back and forth. Like, how else? You, if you don't have your license, like, how are you doing this? Um, so, I, I think parents, thank you. Shout out to my parents. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, like, obviously, I think for all of us to kind of step up our game, that was kind of the next level. And um, I'm really grateful that I was able to drive that far because I really do think I wouldn't be the player who I am without that experience. Um, but I don't know where I was going with this. You have you have an old person moment, Maddie. Yeah. Feeling twenty one right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. What did, What did you just say? Um, Talking about your experience yeah. in it. Sarah, can we inject some maturity here? Oh, good <laughs> Lord. I can't think. I don't know. I'm so su- I'm super grateful. I mean, it was a big, huge commitment, but I mean, in the long run, I think it worked out the way it's supposed to. Um. The, the the competition at the ECNL level was unmatched. I mean, no one in our area would it like compares to that. And it's super cool. I have a younger brother going through the process. And so for Legacy to go to ECNL, I think it's a really big deal. But then, you know, ECNL goes to the GA. So I think there's always something new out there, something bigger and better. Um, but utilizing what you can um, on days I couldn't drive the hour in 45, I was training in Williamsburg. Um, I think all three of us gave up a lot in high school. I didn't go to one single football home game because club was in the fall. Um, and that's like iconic in some people's lives is their Friday night lights. And so I think 
and it definitely made us mature faster. Um, I thought that since I did drive an hour and 45 minutes one way, my senior year of high school, college was going to be like time management was going to be so easy for me. I thought I had it down packed. I mean, I was in the car longer than I was training. Um, but that's not the case. It's still so different, but, um, I mean, I was just gonna. She said everything I could say. I mean, it was like you go to school from seven a.m. to two thirty. You get home, you change into your practice uniform, you get a snack, you get in the car, you drive an hour and a half to Richmond, um, practice for an hour and a half, and you drive an hour and a half home. Uh, get home at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Good thing I didn't have homework because it probably wouldn't have been done. <laughs> and then wake up and do it again the next day. And I like my parents, I honestly don't remember or know how they did it. Both of them work. Yeah. My mom, she works late. Like she literally doesn't get home until like 5.30 p.m. now. So when I wasn't driving, I don't know how I got to practice. I mean, like maybe she left work early every day. But, and I mean, her friends tell her all the time, like, you can never hang out because you're taking Hannah to soccer or whatever. So, um, yeah, let's I mean, hope, let's hope your mom, your mom's boss doesn't hear this, that she was right. like, <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I honestly don't remember how she took me. I think all their like vacation days was like traveling days. Yeah. And it was for soccer. Yeah. <laughs> like the other day, my dad was like, I mean, my younger brother is going through college soccer. Soon that will be over. And it's like, where's the family vacation now? Like, it was always the tournament or it was always Jeff Cup. I don't know. Like, what do we do now? Yeah, the Jeff Cup. It's always such glorious weather. (laughs) Every day. Yeah. Um, Sarah, what do you remember about your experience, you know, getting shuttled and all that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to move. Give me one second. Uh, <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. We have to add to all this conversation here if you No, I uh you know, they're all transfers, so it's it is a unique experience. Um I actually kind of told Sarah she needs to go she told me she got the tech offer. I'm like, you probably need to go there because not many people ever get that experience to, to go check that out. So she did it. And, you know, I, we always told her, like, if things don't work out, we're always right here for you. Um, they did it. And then, you know, she's here now. So, um, you know, having that previous relationship with all three of them directly met more Maddie than and Sarah than Hannah. But still knowing who Hannah was has kind of really helped this transition for them to be here. Um, and so for me in the process with any of the recruits I have, if, you know, they go off and do whatever they need to do, just forming those relationships, just if it doesn't work out on the back end, um, is kind of how we, or I operate. Um, cause I do know and understand, you know, you want to challenge yourselves and they want to play at the highest standards possible. And, you know, people have to make those decisions. What are those standards? And Mm -hmm. so when you're going through the process, you really need to look deeply into that. And is is that what you want your experience to be versus, you know, a winning culture or whatever it is, no matter what level it is or whatever, you know, Um, or the family environment is the teammates is the culture of the team strong. Like you name it. How does that match with what you're looking for in, in a soccer career? So, you know, you see it more frequently now with people entering the portal because it's just easier. Yeah. Four years ago, that wasn't the case. It was more of a process. You had to get a paper signed from the coach. Like it was a whole mess. So I think it is easier now to move, but my advice again is really dive deep and do your homework on everything. The school, the coach, the assistant coach, the, the program, the players, to make sure you're covering all your bases before jumping into something and you're like, okay, this is not what I was expecting. Now maybe I have to alter what my plan was. 
And so yeah. really say like, do homework on yourself, like see where you see yourself in four years. And like, not only on the school, but like going into college, soccer was my whole identity. It's all I know. I, all I've done is play soccer for 15 years going into college. So a having it taken away my freshman year, I'm not a mountains girl. I'm a beach girl. I would love to go to the beach every day of my life. And I chose a school in the mountains. So like that was a hard reality. Um, then like, I know I wanted to play. I did not want to be a bench rider. I've, I've never really done that, fortunately. And so for me going to a big program where they did play seniors, that's homework I didn't do. And that's not like self-reflection. I, I did all myself, like knowing I was okay watching other people play. So like maybe even if you do see yourself skillful enough to go to a division, make sure you know like where you see yourself and where yourself want to like if you want to make an impact, is it is that gonna be on ACC school as a freshman? Or are you okay with waiting your time, taking your chance and waiting to your junior or senior? Because some people are okay with that. Sarah, you want to uh, talk about your, since you uh, had to duck out of that room, you want to uh, tell us about your, uh, your youth story, you know, um, what were we talking about? Oh, the, uh, you know, travel and, and all that, yes, the grind yes. that it took on you. Run out by our football team, that was really scary. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think just the biggest thing, the commitment of your parents, um, it's obviously hard as a kid, but you're a kid and you're almost like built for that um you don't realize how tired you are or whatever you're young you know you're you're made for that but I also just think it kept me out of a lot of trouble um I had my good friends and if they were willing to accept that this was a commitment that I had then they were my real friends and I was perfectly fine with having a small group I've always been somebody with a small group um so I think that's my biggest thing is I you know excelled through high school and whatever because I didn't have any time to do anything else and I have always loved sports I love football I love like watching sports so it wasn't ever like a sacrifice to me and up until I could drive I mean it was a nap in the car so it was great like I didn't see any problems with it um my mom works late she wasn't able to get off and my dad um was luckily kind of working on his own in real estate at the time. So he made a ton of sacrifices. Um, I think it's a lot of the reason why we're as close as we are. Um, so obviously, you know, so, so grateful for them. And they come, they came to almost every game at Tech when I was not playing consistent minutes. And they come to every game here, even when I'm hurt. Um, so they've always been my biggest supporters. They still are. Um, and yeah, kind of what Hannah said earlier, like, lucky to have the support from them to go through the transfer process um really they just wanted me to be happy and for them it meant being four and a half hours closer to home so it was a win yeah so yeah um everybody out there make sure you thank your parents like (laughs) these uh these young ladies are uh you know maybe you didn't say it at the time but you know i'm sure your parents would be super thrilled to hear you say how grateful you are now yeah. Um, that's really cool. So, uh, I also want to talk about, um, I don't remember who was saying it, but, you know, just understanding the culture of a team, uh, a college team before you made the decision and f- understanding what a good match is for you. And then, you know, uh, Maddie, I think you made the point, you know, to be honest with yourself as well, like, you know, you really have to know what you value before you start making those types of decisions. So, you know, maybe talk about when you were, you were looking at schools and how you were evaluating what was a good fit and what wasn't a good fit from, from a culture standpoint. Um, I honestly did not have a heavy list of schools I was recruited by. Like I said, I, uh, I was committed before I went to Richmond United, which I think is really important because I, that was 100% done through an ID camp. Um, like I said, I played up. So the girls, once they were kind of committed, we had a coaching change right after the girls who could commit committed. 
And I think our whole starting lineup at the time at Legacy was D1 um, or D1 bound. So um, a lot of the recruiting process was done on my own. And I did not have really anyone to look up to in that process because all the girls I played with, I lived an hour from. So they weren't really friends much outside of soccer. Um, not like school friends enough to ask personal questions. And so my dad and I took on the recruiting process head on. Um, and so I, I like to say I was a little bit of a late bloomer um, because everything I did was on my own. So going through the ID camp was went, was really important to me um, because I kind of saw the campus then and I was pretty, I knew what I wanted, but at the same time, like I said, I didn't have a dream school. So like I knew some schools were too small. I knew some schools were too close to home. Seeing you. Um, I just don't know. Um, that I wanted a winning team. So their schedule was really important to me because were they winning against teams that a lot of people beat or were they winning against pretty good competitive games? Um, and like Hannah said, was it overtime wins? Was it just sloppy wins? Was it big time wins? Were they ranked? Um so I went to ID camps that I thought I could be recruited by. Um, and honestly, once I kind of got clicking with JMU, it ended up being like a three-month process from when I first went on a visit and they were like, you need to up your game. I upped my game and then they put a scholarship on the table. Um, and I kind of locked down after that. I remember they wanted me to commit before. I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Cup. It was like Thursday night and they're like, I need you to – commit to me before this weekend and at the time as a junior I'm in high school I'm like oh my god that's so cool like you really want me that bad um and so I didn't commit Thursday night and I literally committed Friday morning because they had called me again and was like we really need you to commit and um so looking back maybe like not rushing the process um and kind of opening up your horizons I think if you have a dream school it's really cool but why is it your dream school is it the location is it the size I didn't look at majors. I didn't look at what they had to offer academic wise. And I definitely did not off, like ask myself the question, if I got hurt or if soccer was taken away, would I be happy there? Which I think at the end of the day is the most important question because life happens and anything could be thrown your way. And like Jamie said, it's really easy to leave nowadays, but is, is that what's really important to you? Right. Yeah, I think it's kind of dangerous to just say, you know, I'm a soccer player and that's my identity rather than, you know, I'm Maddie and I do all this other cool stuff, you know, and that's who I am and soccer is something that I do, right? So um, what about uh, Sarah? What about you? Like um, what about tech and their culture did you, were you drawn to and, and did you end up being right about that? Um, I probably was correct. Um, I think I was a little bit blindsided by where the ACC we were playing national champions like UNC, UVA, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but, you know, when I was, I had committed and then when I was getting ready, you know, to go those next few years, I was training with people like Brianna Bem, who is at USC, and Sophie Fox, who's at and so, and I loved them. So I was like, if these are the kind of girls that I'm going to be with, like, I'm great. Um, but I think at any school at that level, I mean, it's cutthroat. You, especially, I would say in the ACC or the SEC, like, you're often playing for a national championship and in the ACC only eight teams make the tournament there are of us so like my freshman year we didn't make the ACC tournament but we made the NCAA tournament and made it to the Sweet 16 like it's just it's every man for himself and I don't know that that's necessarily a tech thing um I'm sure it's to some extent on every team I mean as it should be it's competitive um but I think it's really hard mentally to be that I mean maybe you'll play or maybe you'll travel this weekend like that's just exhausting and if you can hang on till the point that you're playing amazing but what if that point doesn't come um so I think that was kind of the crossroads that I arrived at 
um, and needed to make a decision before it was too late. Um, okay. I think that, I mean, I still have very, very good friends on that team. It's just outside of soccer. Um, so, yeah. Um, and Hannah, you didn't even watch the team play. So how would you have known? I'm joking, but like, it's an important thing to, to say, right? I mean, it's, it's something that you have to take a look at before, um, before you take that leap, right? We kind of talked about that. But, um. Yeah. Another advice too, with the culture aspect of it is on your visit, are you meeting any of the team? Like, is there anybody coming on your walk around campus? Are you, is there time in your visit that section out to just go be with the team? Are you doing an overnight? Those things is where you really <clears throat> kind of learn a little bit more about who or what and how the team operates. So, you know, I think that's a big component that has kind of gone away since COVID, but I think it's very important to do and to make sure, again, <clears throat> you're getting around the team as much as you can. Like, again, watching them play a game, go like when you visit, maybe you tie in a game see how they act on game day, see in the locker room, things like that um, is another way to really kind of make sure you're seeing all aspects before just diving in without knowing everything. I yeah. think off of that also, like Jamie kind of just throws roots in. Like it's not like he sends a text and is like, be ready, like blah, blah, blah. Like there's no time for us to put a show on for these girls. You know, what they see is what it is. Um, and I think, I mean, I've only been at two schools, but like this culture is so incredible. Like everybody is different a hundred percent, but everybody is accepted for that. Um, and I think that recruits can really see that when they, um, and I think that what he's saying, like when the coach isn't around, how are the girls? I think that's one thing that I didn't really get. Um, I came on a visit and it was kind of a day thing. Like I stayed in a hotel that night was with them from sunup to sundown, watched the game, and then stayed in a hotel and drove home. So, like, I just think it's so important to soak up every single second. The more you're around them, the more, like, realistic it will be to when you're there. I didn't realize how important culture was until, obviously, my freshman year, everybody, everybody in the whole world went through a strand of cohorts or intermingling with an X amount of people. And so, for me... I mean, since the day I was born, I'm naturally sociable. I'm literally talking to a brick wall if I'm not talking to someone else. Like, And I think to have that taken away was very, very hard. And so for me, like you said, it was kind of like a domino effect. And to sophomore year and junior year, like not only do you have the two friends you were allowed to talk to with as your close friends, but everyone has their two friends and there wasn't intermingling. And that was just an unfortunate consequence of a pandemic. Um, but I thought that was just something I had to suck up, that I wasn't going to be friends with everyone until I came to CNU and I was at practice and it was in the spring and somebody was like, Maddie, you had a really good practice. And I was like, what What do you want from me? Like, are we okay? Like, are we about to fight? Like, what's going on? Like, I wasn't used to like uh, the buildup and like everyone is truly there to make everyone better. Like Sarah said, I mean, I think it's just, it's com soccer, it's competitive, it's girls, it's extra competitive. But at D1, it was cutthroat. It was so individualistic. And I do not thrive in that kind of environment. I'm a team player all day. And so not really having anyone there. And I didn't know this at the time. Like, I didn't realize no one was really there building me up. I was kind of like having to build myself up. And I'm, I don't work well, like with that. Like, I can't supply my own confidence. I need Hannah to be like, like, A, that was horrible. Do better. Or B, that was like really good. Like, we're fine. Like, keep going. And coming to CNU and just hearing like simply like, good job, Maddie. I'm like, wow, like I really needed that. Or it's just crazy how much like looking back, the culture is so important. And it's extremely important to me. Hannah, do you have something to add? Okay. Um, so I, I think that everyone should be careful and not really give – Maddie, much feedback. I think that yeah, that's. I, <laughs> I think at some point you guys should play a joke where you just kind of turn your back on her and just. Got <laughs> yeah, really personal guys. I live. I don't want to deal with that. 
Tell me good job for doing my homework right now. Um, so I know you guys have training coming up here shortly, so um, I want you guys to not be late to that. I don't want you to get in trouble with Coach Jamie. So, um, yeah, you guys have you guys have uh, some some games to win. Um, Sarah, did you win? Were you on the team when they won the national title? I was. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you guys have something to be jealous of there for sure. <laughs> we watch a highlight video before uh-huh. our home game. And on yeah. the last goal, my mom and I are watching on the yeah. sideline, and you see us in there. And every time I'm watching, I'm like, "Wow, this is so full circle." Like, I, I thought you were gonna say that Sarah makes you watch it every night at home. There, <laughs> I'm Sarah's right there. I'm like right beside. I'm literally like 20 feet from them going to the front. Yeah. Right. I don't want to get so uncomfortable when that video plays. I don't watch half of it. It's so awkward. Yeah. Every time Sarah scores, I look over, and she's like. And I'm like, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Um, so thank you so much for coming on here. This has been really awesome. Um, you guys have been generous with, you know, what you've shared and, and um, that sort of thing. So um, it would be cool to have you guys on again after the season, after you've hopefully won another uh, title. Hope so. Um, um, so, uh, but yeah. Go train, and um, I really, really appreciate it. And um, I think you guys should be confident in the fact that this is going to help other people. So you're doing a good thing here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I had to stop. Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. I hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Thank you for sharing and subscribing to the podcast and helping it grow. Please keep sending questions and comments. I enjoy the feedback and always get your questions answered by my guests. Don't forget to check out Matchplay on social media as well.